Once upon a time there lived in a village a fine Jew with a wonderful wife and five lovely children. They could have been a very happy family, but unfortunately they were very poor Leolenu. One day there was not even a dry crust of bread in the house. In desperation, the wife said to her husband, My dear husband, please go into the city and see if you can find someone who will be kind enough to lend you some money to buy bread for the children. You know I have no brother or sister to whom I can turn, replied her husband. Do you want me to go begging? We need help from the Abishther, not from people. His wife remained silent, but as the children began to cry and ask for food, she again turned to her husband. It's no use staying home. Why don't you go to the city anyway and try to earn some money? Hashem can surely perform a miracle and help us in our hour of need, but we must make a channel for that miracle. Her husband agreed, so he made his way to the city. When he reached the edge of the city, he stopped and looked heavenward. Almighty God, you are the creator and master of the world. You provide food for all living creatures. Animals in the woods, the birds in the fields, and the fishes in the sea. But what about my own poor hungry children crying for food? You know I have no one to turn to but you for help, Hashem. Show me your kindness and help me in my need. The poor man broke down and cried. A malach collected his tears and poured them into a cup marked with the man's name. It was almost full before, but now the cup spilled over. At that moment, a stranger appeared and asked the heartbroken man in a kind voice, What is the matter, my friend? Why are you crying? Is there something I can help you with? The poor man told the stranger all of his woes. No need to despair, said the stranger. I can help you. All you have to do is take me to the marketplace and sell me as a slave. You will have enough money to buy bread for your wife and children and much more besides. The man was horrified. What are you saying? I couldn't possibly accept such a sacrifice from you. Besides, who would believe that someone like me would even own a slave? Don't worry about that, said the stranger. We'll change clothes. You'll wear my clothes and I'll wear yours. Here, put this rope around my neck and lead me to the market. As for any sacrifices, don't worry about that. I'm a master builder. I won't remain a slave for long. But there are two conditions. First, you must sell me only to the buyer that I will tell you. And secondly, you must give me back one gold coin out of the money you will receive for selling me. The stranger was so kind and the poor man was so desperate that he agreed. They changed clothes and headed into the city. When they reached the marketplace, the poor man, who was now dressed as a rich man, put up his slave for sale. The bidding was lively, 
and the purchase price rose higher and higher and higher. At the height of the bidding, a nobleman happened to be riding by in a fancy carriage. He stepped out of the carriage to see what the excitement was about. Seeing the young, handsome slave, he topped the bidding with an extremely high offer. He had the intention of presenting the slave as a gift to the king. The slave winked at the poor man, indicating that he was ready to be sold to the nobleman. The deal was made, and the buyer counted out the sum of money in golden coins. The poor man, who was now a rich man, gave the slave one golden coin as they had agreed. The slave returned it to him, saying, Keep this coin for Mazel, and Hashem should bless you and your family with health, wealth, and much nachas from your dear children. The poor man, who was now a rich man, went straight to the market and bought plenty of food and new clothing and other gifts besides before he returned home. And we can all imagine the joy that greeted him when he returned with the wonderful news of their good fortune. The nobleman brought the slave to the royal palace and presented him to the king. The slave had been dressed in nice livery and made a very favorable impression. The king gladly accepted him as a gift and asked the slave what particular job he was suited for. I am a master builder, your majesty, answered the slave. The king was at that time planning to have a beautiful new palace built. All of the materials had been purchased, but he had not yet found an architect. Various designs had been given to the king up to that time, none of which pleased him. He was delighted to hear that his new slave was a master builder and said to him, Do you think that you could build a royal palace for me? With help from above, I am certain that I could fulfill the king's wish, answered the slave. Excellent, said the king. The materials are ready. The royal treasure house will be open to you for all of the gold and silver you may need. Hire as many workers as you wish. If you can complete the job and build the palace in six months, I will grant you your freedom with a handsome reward. That night, the slave, who was actually none other than Eliyahu Hanovi's Achulatoiv, went out and daven to Hashem to send down Malachim to build the palace for the king. Eliyahu's tefillah was answered, and before the night was over, a most magnificent palace was built close to an exquisite garden with fountains and trees and flowers. The following morning, the king awoke and went out onto his veranda for a breath of fresh air. He could hardly believe his eyes when he saw the palace his slave had described to him only the day before. It was even more beautiful than he could have dreamed of. The king quickly got dressed and hurried to inspect his new palace. He walked through gardens with fragrant flower beds, rows of shady fruit trees all in bloom, sparkling fountains, until he reached the marble steps leading to the entrance. And as he entered the palace, his eyes opened in wonder as he walked from hall to hall, from chamber to chamber, each chamber most tastefully furnished. He felt he had been transported to another land. He returned to his old palace 
and sent for his new slave to thank him for his wonderful achievement and to reward him with his freedom. He also wanted to know how it was possible to have accomplished this feat in one night. The king's servants looked for the slave everywhere, but found no trace of him. He had granted himself his freedom and vanished. Meanwhile, our poor Jew, who was now a rich Jew, had prospered with the money he had received from the sale of his slave, but his thoughts troubled him. He couldn't help but worry about his benefactor. How had he fared? Is he having a hard time being a slave? Is he being treated properly? He had been purchased by a nobleman, but still, a slave's life is not truly a life. And it's all my fault, he lamented. Imagine how relieved he was when one day in the marketplace he saw the slave walking towards him. He hurried forward to greet him with great affection. Tell me, how have you been? What happened to you after you were sold? I've been so worried about you. Well, I told you I would not long be a slave, replied the man, and he went on to tell him how the nobleman had presented him before the king, and that after he had built a new palace for the king, he had been freed once again. Then Eliyahu Hanavi Zachulatoiv benched the Jew one more time and told him to be sure to help the poor and needy with kindness and love and to walk humbly before Hashem. If you do this, said Eliyahu, and bring up your children in this way, then your wealth will not leave you or your children for many, many generations. And before the grateful Jew could say anything in reply, Eliyahu Hanavi disappeared. <laughs>